Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello internet, my name is Walter Ciades Fedchuk and welcome to day four of the Rough Draft Podcast's continuing coverage of the 2017 League of Legends World Championship. Play it. Because there has to be a plan. Because we have to let all of these wildcard teams get a chance at joining their, their fellow major regions in the main event. And, uh, and we're finishing it with Group D. And Group D, to me, is the closest and the most interesting group because the permutations of what can happen if, if one of the wildcard teams make it out and they're the one seed and maybe they get lucky and they get to play someone like Young Generation or Cast Latin Gamers or maybe Dire Wolves or something, you know, one of those kind of like lower tier teams and then they get into the plan. Well, that changes things because then that frees up my team of TSM and Group D to maybe have a better chance of dodging one of these other major regions. And let's be honest, the only other major region they can get is China. They like are almost guaranteed to get Team WE if Team WE make it out without a wild card getting through. So I need at least one wild card to get through, and I think they might come from this group. But my good friend and my co-host Chase Wassener, he doesn't quite think that this group is as close as it seems. It's probably because there's an LMS team in this group. Chase, do you think that just might be the reason? No, I think I just don't like the Japanese team as much as you do. That's fair. I, I think this is a two-team race, and there are two spots out. And then it's a matter of where does Fenerbahce get matched up and where does Hong Kong Attitude get matched up. Because remember, there is a reseeding here. It's actually, in some ways, easier for Gambit. Sure, they're in a tougher group with Lyon and Team WE, but they cannot get Team WE in the best of five, which winning that best of five ultimately is the only thing that matters when you get in and out. You know, being a one seed or two seed from your group, not nearly as relevant. But look, I, I think we do have two very good teams here, and we certainly have a third team that wants to earn their way into that, that, that wants to believe that they can handle that kind of pressure and that they can make an impact on the stage. And, and that's something that's going to be interesting to see. I, I think that there's certainly enough here to really, you know, get, you know, grab into and really enjoy. I think it's going to be a interesting group to watch but go back and forth especially because i do think that the top two teams in this group are very close i agree with you on that um as much as i love my lms guys and i'll i'll make my reasoning as to why i think they do take the group ultimately in the end a little bit later but for now just know it is a very close group and it's going to be fun to see how those two fight for that number one spot 
Yeah, I, I guess I can see why you're saying you don't think Group D is the strongest because top to bottom, it's probably not. Yeah, strongest. Group A is the strongest. That, yeah. Leon no, got the, robbed. I mean the closest. I meant the closest, not the strongest. I meant the closest. I, I think I can understand because, yeah, it does seem like Rampage is probably the third worst team in this tournament behind yeah. or ahead, I guess, of Young Generation and Chaos Latin Gamers. Is that... That kind of fair. They did lose to Heimerdinger twice in a best of five. Listen, Japan is wacky. They have their own meta. They play their own things. Like I, I cannot fault them for for getting a little bit tripped up by the Heimerdinger. He is a very unique kind of champion to play against, and there's a reason that we don't see him anywhere else because he can be beaten. Yeah. By better teams, I guess. But why are Rampage here over their, over their cohorts in Japan, Detonation, Focus Me? Why are we seeing Rampage on this stage as opposed to another Japanese team? I mean, I, I think the first thing you have to keep in mind is that uh, Dara is a interesting support. I think he and Tussle are the two Korean imports that they have on this team, and there's a reason that they are on this team. Uh, you know, very much the Lulu that Dara played in Game 5 was incredibly important and I think that in general Rampage is a team that plays so much better when they can get their 80 carry Yutori Moyosa uh, ahead. Moyasi? Yeah, Moyasi is probably the better pronunciation of that. Sorry Japan, I'm doing my best, I swear. Um, but yeah, I mean I think they really operate so much better when they can get that 80 carry going and when Dara does well it really works out. Game 3, it was the first pick Rakan that really got the uh, Tristana going, and, and suddenly Yutori could really pop off and, and grab them that win. So that's something we've seen uh, them do quite a bit. Tussle has the ability to make some big plays and big moments. We saw Baron Steel in Game 5, the ultimate deciding game, that really did a lot in order to ensure that they could come back in there and, and end up ultimately coming on top in this series. And... Ramune is still really good at champions like Talia that roam well. Roaming mid laners are kind of his thing, and he's very good at them. And it's nice to kind of see that kind of play because that's when when I talked yesterday about how like oh I don't think anyone in Group C outside, you know could keep up with Fnatic. Uh, I feel like Rampage at least do have enough understanding of how a map works and where you need to be in order to take certain towers that. It, it keeps them from being completely outplayed and overpowered. I think um, they're not going. This isn't going to be a team that gets rolled over in twenty minutes. I guess is the the way I would put it. Fair enough. But why will this team get rolled over in twenty well, minutes? Because everything else about this team is just not very good. I first of all, very much a team that is set in their ways in terms of their uh, pick and ban. We saw a lot of the same patterns over and over again. Uh, and not necessarily done very well. Uh, the Thresh that Dara played got caught out so much in game four. In general, he can, as much as he helps him lane, his attempt to get vision across the rest of the map tends to backfire. Uh, Ramune, as good as he is, out of lane, not very good in it. Constantly got bullied out. And some of that's going up against things like Heimerdinger, but he you know, lost lane to that Ziggs too. He's lost lane to basically everything that... Uh, that Dead Nation Focus Me was throwing at them. So that's not ideal. I, I think that Tussle's champion pool is not ideal. Their pick and ban is weird at times. In the game one, they gave away like Zaya and Rakan for free. That was a thing that happened. And 
Evi is not very good at League of Legends. As, as just a top laner, he's incredibly mediocre. I, I feel like he doesn't have the kind of playmaking potential you would want. And ultimately, that leaves this team that doesn't have that guy that you just look at and like, yeah, he's going to take over a game. He knows what to do in this big moment. They, they can get overpowered. In game one, they got crushed. Um, because they you know, weren't able to handle that Baron at the 27-minute mark. They had no Dragon Control in almost any of these games. Uh, they really struggled to put together those kinds of pieces. And so they were able to pull it off against Dead Nation Focus Me because Dead Nation Focus Me wasn't really any better at accelerating the game and getting to that win condition right away. And if you get kind of caught in the mud with them, you know, Yutori can have a couple of good pop-off moments. Tussle can have that nice Baron Steel. Dara can have, you know, a really nice Lulu fight where the Ardent Sensitor, I think, really, you know, he, he utilizes a lot of champions that use that well. But I just don't see it in terms of, like, a five-man team coming together and operating as a, as a single mind, especially in the early game. Their early game is bad, just straight up. None of these guys are good laners, and I think that that's ultimately what's going to be what punishes them most because they're going to go up against two teams that do have strong players and key laning threats that are going to push them forward, and Rampage just doesn't. Well, and, and the next team we're going to talk about has two Korean imports of their own, yeah. and they are they are much better better than, than Tussle and Dara. They have some major region pedigree behind them. And Chase, I know we made jokes on the last podcast about Jisoo almost making it to Worlds. And, you know, yeah. game away, ha, 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 three match points, yada, yada, yada. But I think Hell may have frozen over because Move is playing at Worlds. Move oh. has actually made it to Worlds. Man, we're, we're really just going to slag him off now, huh? No love for a good split in Gravity Gaming in which for a couple weeks you and I were talking about him as maybe the best jungler in North America? That was a thing that happened. It was a two-week period of time. It's, it's a weird time in League of Legends. We're not going to give him any credit for jumping in and being that jungler for Unicorns of Love in the summer split last year when they desperately needed someone to step in because they were having true. those kind of problems. I, he's not terrible. He's a good player. Like, he's just not great. Like, that's the thing that you have to realize when we talk about Move. He's good, but not great. He has gotten a much better job, especially this season. If you look at what he's been playing, you can see a lot of more kind of tanky champions. He, he's not so hung up on these early game playmakers that they needed um, back when he was playing on the Unicorns of Love. Now he's playing things like a Rek'Sai, like a Jarvan. Um, we saw much more he was willing to take a utility role in a lot of these games for Fenerbahce in that 3-0 that they had to qualify here. And that's what they need from him. And, and when they can get that from him and they can get enough consistency from the side lanes, you know, Thaldrin, this guy who you've heard his name several times because he's been on each of the Turkish teams that has had any real clout behind them over the last couple of years. He was on Besiktas back when they won, uh, won the uh, MSI wildcard. He was on Supermassive when he did the same last year. Um, it's fine. He's he, like, if he's consistent and isn't losing you the game, things are gonna go pretty well. And Patton and Japone are... You're really skirting around the real superstar. No, I'm getting, I'm getting all the negative out of the way because now wow. I get to talk about Frozen and Frozen yeah. is so good. Oh. Oh boy, I love 
love him so much. He's really Frozen. I, I, I love watching him play. He's just... I mean, his Talia is just cold. I mean, he... He's able to play that champion as well as just about anybody. His Aurelian Soul, he joins the small list of people <laughs> that actually know how to play Aurelian Soul. I think he's the only guy at Worlds. Oh, Caps. Caps, yeah. Caps. Both of them are in the play-in stage. Yes. Maybe they play against each other in the best of five. That'd be awful. That would be... No, that'd be awful. It'd be a fun series. It'd be a fun, it'd be a fun series, but I want them both to make it through. I mean, this is a, that, that is fair. And Frozen is the kind of guy that you can't help but want to see succeed because he is... Such a fun player, such a great roaming player. Uh, and, and in game two, he played this Oriana and really did well on that. It felt like they had a very good idea of how to switch things up when they needed to. This certainly feels like a complete team in a way that a lot of wildcard teams don't necessarily look when we look at them uh, heading into an event like this. We usually see, oh, this player is great, but then there are these other problems here, and I'm not sure how it all coalesces but there are enough strengths together no no this is a team yes like, this is a full-on five-man unit that operates like one and would be if they were in europe i think that they would be threatening to qualify for worlds out of that region like i think they're i think they're very good i'm i'm Fair. struggling okay. to say great and that's because i have to bring up that thaldron has looked Terrible when he gets put on an actual international stage, and Padden and Japon are not considered to be great uh, for their region. I'm not sure they're even very good uh, in the bot lane. I think their their goal is just to not lose and let that top half of the map really come forward. But if Thaldron plays the way that he can within Turkey and, and finally kind of gets over some of the nerves that I think have torn him apart in the past, and move can be that consistent playmaker and really make sure that the rest of his offense gets going when they need to, especially in those solo lanes. And Frozen just gets to do Frozen things. I mean, Frozen has the ability to be the best player on the Rift against, I mean, maybe and everyone not, not named Cloud9, World Elite, Fnatic, and World Elite? Probably. And even against Fnatic, I think it's in play. Oh, that's disrespectful to Reckless. Uh, Reckless is great. I think they could tie. I think Frozen's really good. Frozen, like, this is one of those, like, you know, we, I always like to play the game. Are they bad or are they just on IM? <laughs> Frozen was just on IM for such a long time, and then it became Longju, and he was the best part of a, a Longju team that never got enough credit uh, and never really was able to put things together behind him. But this guy does have a real pedigree behind him, and I don't think he's lost a step in terms of his work ethic. So I'm willing to, to go to bat on, uh, on Frozen with that. And... If he can, if he can reach that kind of like reckless level, like that would be enough, I think, to get Fenerbahce into the World Championship, the main event. That's what they're going to need him to be, and I think he has the potential to get there. Uh, it's just a matter of whether the rest of his teammates are going to hold on long enough for him to be that guy, and that's the concern that I have for them, and why I have them number two right now. In this so, group. so yeah, so I, I get all your concerns with them. I, I get it. Mm -hmm. This is really where I gotta lean on you being the LMS expert, because this is the first time that we're getting a third LMS team. And um, mm. Chase, was this the one everyone was expecting? No, <laughs> not even a little bit. I can't even bluff that. Uh, this was a very interesting kind of way that this all played out, because if you 
do follow the LMS, first of all, shout out to you. Let me know who you are in the comments. Because I love, like, we got to stick together on this, man. But look, Hong Kong Attitude, we're exactly the kind of team that we want to see when we do a regional final style bracket here, right? This was a Hong Kong Attitude team that did very well in the second they half were of the split. They no. FlyQuest did well in spring and then sucked in summer and had a second chance anyway. Hong Kong Attitude did just well enough in summer because they won three of their last four series, two of which were against AHQ and Flash Wolves. They beat the two best teams in Taiwan in a best of three so that they could be in this event and then managed to overpower J-Team and just crush Ray's Gaming, who up until that point were clearly, I think, the two contenders that we thought were going to take that spot. Ray's in particular, I thought, was a shoe in once they got past Machi. But here we are. And, and this is a team that very much is on the up and up. They're putting these pieces together in a way that I don't think any of us could have foreseen in the spring. Certainly, I don't think any of us could have seen heading into like week six or seven of the LMS. This is a very recent upsurge for them. And my biggest concern on that end is that it might be a meta thing. Because that's when, when we see a team go from not very good for a long period of time to suddenly turning this on and catching a couple of these great teams off guard and then winning this, this regional finals like this, it's all lined up around a very specific meta, right? Um, but ultimately, I think that there are real points of, of success that we can point to for them and say, these are the things that they did to finally get themselves there. And this is why they do deserve to be treated as the favorite to win this group. Uh, and to me, that starts with Unified, who I thought was brilliant throughout the entire uh, series. He did a very good job. One lane uh, against Caitlyn in game one, which was kind of absurd. One on both sides of the matchup. Um, you know, like a Tristano, uh, I believe it was the Tristano uh, Zaya matchup. Yes. Um, they have this great understanding of how to play around that lane and, and really did a great job of snowballing when they had the opportunity, especially in that game too, when he had the Tristana pick. You have Rearis, who is their Korean import, and I thought very much surprised me. He did not look great in game one when he was forced to play on a tank. His Shen was very much, it, it took a while to get going. Yeah. He ended up having a taunt that won them the game at the 49 minute mark in that game one. But it was in game two when we saw him on the, the Renekton in game three where we saw him on the pocket pick Jace. Watch for that to be banned against them in basically every series unless these teams didn't do their scouting homework because his Jace in game three was ridiculous ridiculously strong. Um, he's, he's a very good Jace player. He's very much able of taking over the game, and they did win that game three, I think, largely off of the way that they were able to play around that pocket pick. Even as these me you know some of these messy fights in the mid-game kind of turned against them, they had that power. And, and, and Mission deserves some credit for that as well. I think Mission is a, a very good roaming mid-laner. Uh, maybe not necessarily going to overpower anybody in lane, but certainly a guy who like Frozen, will know where he needs to be. And I think, you know, he is not as mechanically skilled as a guy like Frozen is. Very few mid laners are. But he is good enough at the macro understanding that he's going to be right place, right time when it comes to pressuring around certain towers. I don't foresee Fenerbahce having a big macro advantage in that sense. So there's a lot. There's a lot to like. 
I have but, concerns. Yeah, I have concerns. God Quiet is not very good. And that's the first and most obvious problem, is just that they don't have a great jungler. Gemini is, a, is the backup. Uh, we might see a little bit of him. He has a little bit more of a, a pedigree that I'm familiar with from his time on Hong Kong Esports. God Kwai is just underwhelming. Uh, really felt like a lot of his desire to just power farm through a lot of these early games limited the amount of success that they could have because they weren't snowballing lanes the way that they could have. Even when you had Unified crushing his lane in all these games, there weren't a lot of ganks thrown his way. Uh, there wasn't a lot of great early vision thrown their way. I think Kai Wing, the support, and God Kwai are both pretty underwhelming in terms of securing those kinds of advantages for the team. They were very much able to be caught off guard at Barons. Uh, they, they defended well once they, they had that point, but you know they somehow sometimes be fighting from the back foot because they weren't there when they should have been. And certainly there were several fights around the Dragon Pit where they showed up just way too late and ended up getting crushed and they needed you know to have some sort of you know kind of let Raze make a mistake that they could get punished. And to, to be you know, to their credit, they did a very good job of punishing mistakes whenever Raze made them. But they did have to rely on those raised mistakes because otherwise their objective control was really subpar. So there's a lot of things that I, I like about this team. I do think that they're slightly more cohesive as a whole to me just because I don't think there are as many question marks. I, I think everyone on Fenerbahce that isn't a Korean is a kind of a question mark to me how they're going to perform on this stage. I... I'm a little bit more confident in the good players of Hong Kong Attitude, but I mean, it's going to come down to whether they can shore up a lot of those those mistakes, the the warding problems, the you know early game just being so passive. I think those are the things that are going to come back to haunt them. And if we're looking at Group D and we're like, oh man, I think Hong Kong Attitude just kind of shit the bed here, like that's going to be why. So, so when we come down to it, it, it does seem like this is the one-two matchup that is probably the heart like the hardest to pin down the hardest yes. to predict it feel I, I don't want to put words in your mouth i do want you to give both sides of which way you think it's going to go it does feel like to me it comes back down to the uh, dire wolves versus team one argument that we had back in the group b podcast of you favor a little bit more consistency across the board mm -hmm. and you think like the second third and fourth best players in this game in this series are probably Hong Kong attitude players, where yeah. me, I value the, I trust Frozen to be that guy that's gonna make a big shot for me when I need it. Man, Frozen's really good. So, so, so here, here, I wanna start, I wanna say, why do you think Hong Kong attitude beat Fenerbahce, or why do you think Fenerbahce lose to Hong Kong attitude? You can, you okay. can look at it either way, but why does, at the end of the day, Hong Kong attitude come out as the one seed? So if Hong Kong Attitude is going to be Fenerbahce, we're going to—it's going to be because their solo lane, their side lanes, excuse me, are better. Okay. I think that Ruris is showed a little bit more to me than Thaldrin did in terms of his ability to carry in a game when they give him a champion in which they, you know, hey, just win lane and kind of do your bullying. Mm -hmm. He was proxy farming on Renekton at nine minutes in game two uh, against Ray's gaming. Like he's very much able to do so self-sufficiently, mm -hmm. um, which I think is huge because Thaldrin when he had his couple good moments, like he needed help to get there. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think that Unified and, and Kaiwing are a much higher upside than Padden and Japone. I think okay. Padden and Japone at their best, we're just not gonna notice them. 
Like, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, they're doing fine. Like, they're solid. They're not losing the game. Um, I think Unified can win games. I think that okay. he is strong enough as an AD carry. I think, that, obviously, I think Frozen is better than Mission, and I think that the 2v2 in that sense is very much in Fenerbahce's favor. But I think that right now it's easier to win when you're putting pressure on those side lanes and really exerting the map, squeezing them down, forcing the enemy onto the back foot in that sense. It's easier to win that way than to win through one player just overpowering people in these team fights. And Frozen might not find the roams that he's looking for if Thaldrin or Patton, or at the very least move trying to make roams to get those side lanes going. There's a lot of pressure to make that happen because if Frozen is stuck in lane, Hong Kong Attitude has this series wrapped up. That's, that's really what it comes down to, is can move open up enough of the rest of the map that Frozen can come over and they can have those three-man dives and take a tower out of it and have them setting the pace. And I think it's more likely that the rest of those side lanes struggle for Fenerbahce. But to be clear, it's like it's like fifty five percent, forty five percent. Honestly, I think it's incredibly close. I would not be surprised if Fenerbahce took it, and if they did, it's going to be because they have the better two v two. And if Thaldrum plays the way that I think he can play on the big stage, then maybe they have a stronger two v two in the top lane as well. Maybe Rearis can be banned out, ban that Jace away from him, force him to play the Renekton or the Jax or something like that, and trust that with moves help. If you can control the top lane, I think this is Fenerbahce's series to lose. Because it, then you have two lanes you can work yeah, with it, rather than it one. It really seems like getting Thaldrin on something, a Shen in particular, having double teleports or uh, Maokai or, or something in that kind of vein where you give him a little bit of a help and allow him to play on the front foot in terms of teleporting, being proactive, along with Frozen's roaming, mm -hmm. uh, does seem like that is the way for Fenerbahce to win. This does seem very much like a... like. Level three, level four gank top, make uh, you know, make Rurus use his teleport to get back to lane. Thaldrin loses one or two CS so he can walk up, but he has a teleport to do the five man TSM tower dive bottom yes. at six minutes. Like that really seems kind of how Fenerbahce is going to want to play the game. And it will come down to how well Hong Kong Attitude is able to kind of sidestep these types of things and get to a point where it's like, no, let's really do 5v5 because as good as Frozen is, I wouldn't say that the teamfight aspect is the absolute strongest part of his kit. I, I, yeah. I'd say that might be the second strongest part of his kit and like the one-on-one -on -one I'm stuck in lane having to farm. Uh, just again, you know, it's just mono a mono is probably the weakest part. Mm -hmm. But it still is, at least we get him away from this sort of roaming and, and taking a gold lead and, and, and doing everything around the map. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, this feels like it's going to come down to a best of three series mm -hmm. between Hong Kong Attitude and Fenerbahce. And I, I apologize to all of the Japanese fans, all the Rampage fans out there. We don't want to just be completely dismissive. Um, <laughs> But we haven't seen a whole lot that makes us feel like they are really here to upset anyone. Um, Rampage feels like a worse version of Fenerbahce, almost across the board. Roaming mid laner, jungler that can make plays but isn't like a huge like carry threat in his enough. own right. Uh, bot lane, you're, I mean, the difference is I think that, uh, that Yutori actually has a little bit more playmaking potential when things are going well for Rampage. But Fair enough. I mean, but they also have a you know, Fenerbahce is a better top laner. But but, but yeah. in the sense of, like, the, the 2v2 in the mid lane, I feel like Rampage is just a worse version of what Fenerbahce is going to be up to. 
Well, let's go to Unicorn. Let's see what Unicorn has to say, Chase, because okay, you have some lines for Group D, and then I think we also should go over the lines from Group C since we forgot them yesterday. Yeah, yeah. A little no. forgettable, but, you know. So so let's start with Group D, though. Let What are what are the lines that we're seeing? Because remember, it is uh, Unicorn has given us one line for both games uh, that, you know, for example, Rampod Page versus Hong Kong Attitude, they're going to have the same line today for both games, and then maybe once they start playing, the lines will adjust a little bit. Yeah. But I'm very very interested in the Hong Kong attitude versus Fenerbahce line. Yeah, well, let's end with that one. Let's start with Fenerbahce Absolutely. versus Rampage. Yes. This is a lot closer than I was expecting it to be, buddy. Because okay. this is Fenerbahce minus 200 over Rampage at plus 150. Okay. To put that in perspective, Chaos Latin Gamers are minus 200 over Young Generation at plus 150. Okay. So... It's a little... It, I, I'm actually surprised it's as low as it is because I think Fenerbahce's a tier above uh, where they're putting Rampage. But that's fine. Here's where it gets interesting. Hong Kong Attitude over Rampage. Minus 323. So Rampage is a plus 230. That is the lowest by far when you look at these groups in terms of the line between the best team in the group and what we believe is going to be the weakest team in the group. It's the only one that is below 1,000 of those, like, right? Like, Interesting. This is, this is really just no yeah. faith in Hong Kong attitude as a super hard threat to just crush people. Um, for the second series of it, this is also, of course, much closer than we've seen in the other groups. Hong Kong attitude, minus 227 over Fenerbahce at plus 170. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Plus 170. Can I get that locked in stone of gambling on both of those games? You absolutely oh should. Oh my lord, that it, is amazing. It's a line that is almost immediately both too high and too low. It's way too much value for Fenerbahce when you actually consider mm -hmm. how good they are and the weaknesses that I think that uh, Hong Kong Attitude have. But on the other hand, like the next closest line between a you know these Pool One teams and next was. Was world lead over Gambit at minus five eighty eight? Like this is so close. Yes, this is so comparatively, close. and yet it still it still feels like Fenerbahce is getting too little credit. Like plus absolutely, it's great. Yeah, that's great for that's great for us gamblers. And and just so you guys know, if you take Fenerbahce over Rampage both games, that's plus one twenty five. Oh, if you take the multi bet on it and bet on Fenerbahce to beat Rampage both times, it's plus one twenty five. Ooh. Those are really good odds for I, something that's probably going to happen 80, 85% of the time. Yeah, no, it really, like, Rampage does not have a clear win condition that deals yeah. with Fenerbahce's win condition. And in case you guys were curious, Home Fanatic is minus 1,667 over both Chaos Latin Gamers and Young Generation, both yes. of them are plus 750. Yes. Just so you have an idea of, like, that's what we expect a Pool 1 team versus these Pool 2 or 3 teams to look like. This is, according to Unicorn, certainly the closest group, even top to bottom a little bit more than I think you and I are, are seeing. Mm -hmm. This is Group C, correct? This is Group... We're talking... Group D is very close. Group D is very close, Group yeah. C, minus 1,667. Yeah. It's not at all close yeah. because Group C is a dumpster fire that has fanatic kind of... You know that, like, Simpsons meme where it's like everyone's sitting on the outside and there are the two monkeys fighting in the yes. center? Like, that's going to be Chaos Latin versus Young Generation. <laughs> And like the rest of the teams that this play in are going to be on the center there, and then 
outside are like the twelve teams that are already in the main they're, event. They're they're like the they're like the Olympians. They're like you know Zeus and Hera all watching. Oh look at all the humans laughing at all the little animals fighting each other. Exactly the right. Same thing. This is great. <laughs> this is hilarious. Absolutely. The only problem is I don't think SKT go around and and have nuptials with uh, with all the mortals. I mean, are you sure? Because if, if Faker like I. It is Faker, right? That is that is a charisma that is hard to match. He's a robot. No. Oh, come on. Really? Are we doing this? <laughs> now, now you know we've gone completely off uh, base when we're comparing SKT. We're comparing SKT to Zeus. But that being said, that was Group D. We have made it through all four playing groups. Yeah. We've done it. We've gotten the first stage of the World Championship out of the way. We've talked about... Uh, uh, 12 teams here that are all vying for four spots, essentially, yep. in the World Championship main event to be matched up against some of the best rosters that the world have to offer, uh, and uh, Gigabyte Marines, because they made it into the main event, because they lost a best-of-seven series against TSM, and I'm just getting it out of the way of reminding everyone of it, so uh, you know I don't have to listen to Freak say it when they constantly bring up Gigabyte Marine successes, because uh, I like to meet Freak. I don't like to listen to Freak. But if you like to listen to us, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever channel, media player, whatever you're doing to watch or listen to the podcast, whether it is YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're finding it, go ahead and give us a subscribe and a like. Be sure to follow the Twitter page, at Pod. And also join us on our Discord channel because we have more VODs to watch. You know, Chase and I have brought up that we did VOD review for all these wildcard regions. Regions that, let's be real honest to everyone, I don't know if either of us watched a game of any of these regions during the regular season outside maybe Oceana. I mean... Did you watch any? You watched a couple LMS games, right? LMS is not a wildcard region. Okay, wildcard region. Yeah, I mean, okay. I like a Brazil game every now and then. Yeah, I keep tabs on Turkey because yeah. I used to work there. Like yeah. I used, to, I like, I know some of those guys. Yeah, but right now we're in the middle of watching the the major region vibes. We've been watching Korea and China and catching up on all these other regions. Really watching a lot more games. So when we start these team by team previews that are coming up in just a couple of days. We can really give you the skinny of why we think SKT are going to win a world championship. Why we think that Longju are going to win a world championship. Why we think Immortals are going to win a world championship. <laughs> Can't even be serious nah, about it. Nah. But stay tuned to the channel. Hop in the Discord to join us to watch all of those games. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? You can find me at RedShirtKing. I love talking to you guys. I do read everything you say in the comment section for better and for worse. Um, and I love getting to keep that conversation going. So please, uh, let's let's keep that up. And let's, uh, let's keep following all of the other lovely things that Walter and I do. We both work for Unicorn now at UnicornCO on Twitter. That's where you're going to find all of the articles that I'm working on, as well as information about events that Walter and I work for, all that fun stuff. And that since I help run the social media team during the North American hours, you should come say hi, because I, then I get to talk to you guys and consider it part of my job. So that works out great as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you for powering through things like that Group C that we all have to power through. Are we, we're, we might be back for the 
uh, best of five previews, right, for that bracket stage, yeah. as time allows. But at yes. the very least, we have a very fun project coming our way, right? It's, it's time to get ready for some of these team by team previews. I, I, I'm really. This is my favorite part of the year. Yeah. Team by team breakdowns, whether it's just for the the LCS regions or whether it is for the World Championship regions. I think one of my favorite ones last year was Elvis Knox. Yeah. In all honesty, any excuse to watch Russian League of Legends is probably a good one. And uh, hopefully, after this plan, maybe we get to do one on Gambit. Maybe I spend about 25 minutes gushing about Diamond Prox like I didn't already do that in the Group A episode of this. But until then, goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. SoundCloud.com backslash esports rough drafts, YouTube.com backslash rough drafts podcast, as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash rough drafts pod and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening and goodbye, Internet.